On today's episode, we talk about the difference between hypothyroidism and Hashimoto's, what each of them entail in terms of symptoms, the similarities between them, the differences between them, why they happen, and what you can do about them. You hear all the bull about diet and exercise. Carbs are evil. Do more cardio. Never eat bread or cookies again. Just do a juice cleanse. We get it. We fell for all of the BS too. It's time to go right to the source with the truth about how to live a healthy, sustainable lifestyle. I am Liz. And I'm Becca. We are your nutrition educators, and this is The Food Code. Happy Wednesday, everyone. I am very excited for today's podcast. I will say one of the top responses I get with like social media posts and stuff like that are people with hypothyroidism and questions. Because I think it is very, it's a very common belief that once you have hypothyroidism, you can no longer lose weight easily. Which I, I mean, like, that is the main concern with people. And there's a confusion too between like, what is hypothyroidism? What is Hashimoto's? A lot of people don't realize that if they have hypothyroidism, they might also have Hashimoto's, which is kind of a different diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Um, and what the difference between them is, as well as like, why thyroid things happen? Because that's another thing that, again, I've had a conversation with a number of people around is like, perfecting the dosage of the thyroid medication and instead looking at it as, okay, why did this thyroid thing happen? What is the underlying root cause of it all? Because the thyroid responds to the rest of the body. The thyroid is kind of like this throttle that pulls back and pushes forward in response to what inputs it's getting from the body. There's actually an HPT axis. We talk about an HPA axis all the time, the hypothalamus pituitary adrenal axis. But what a lot of people don't realize is that there's also a hypothalamus pituitary thyroid axis. There's a hypothalamus pituitary ovary axis, testes axis, because it influences everything. And what influences that? Our stress input. And so understanding that like, getting diagnosed or developing a thyroid condition almost always comes after a high stress time in life, Mm -hmm. some type of trigger postpartum, like pregnancy and postpartum is a heavy trigger for a lot of women. Chronic under eating and dieting is a heavy trigger for a lot of women. Um, And so instead of focusing only on, I have hypothyroidism, it's, this is my problem. Look at what created the problem. Yep. And look at what you can do Mm -hmm. with supporting your thyroid. So you guys all know that I've been diagnosed with Hashimoto's. Um, I'm actually going to be sharing a little bit more about this as we, you know, go through the rest of this month. Um, so quick, just backstory, uh, in 2014 is when my diagnosis came. So I saw a functional MD after going to, I don't even know how many doctors that were useless and unhelpful. Listen, I love doctors. It's not to say that I don't, but I kept going to them saying something is off. Something is wrong. I'm so tired all the time. I am, you know, really struggling with my weight. It's extreme. If I, you know, do lose weight, what I have to do uh, to get weight off and then it comes right back. And I was chronically constipated. I have all kinds of, you know, issues and they're like, well, just eat less and move more. Okay. You can't do that because I've already been doing that. Um, and so in 2014 is when, you know, I had a doctor who was able to dig in beyond just your thyroid panel. And that's one thing I want to quickly touch on. Uh, And I'll share a little bit too, just about one of our clients who started with us a couple months ago. She's had a known thyroid issue for a very long time, but there's answers, uh, you know, still to be 
answered or there's questions I should say still to be answered because of some of her symptoms and so forth. And so when we were chatting, I said, you know what? You really need to get a full thyroid panel. You're not getting your TPO antibodies. Um, That's not going to tell us if hypothyroidism is, you know, Hashimoto's if it's just hypothyroidism. And so she went in, we asked for the TPO antibodies. We also asked for her thyroglobulin antibodies. Um, And you want to see the thyroglobulin antibodies as non-measurable. Okay. And so this is basically a test to measure antibodies to a protein called thyroglobulin. Okay. And this is found in thyroid cells and the immune system can attack thyroglobulin, um, a protein precursor uh, to your thyroid hormone in autoimmune conditions. And then your TPO antibodies measures the amount of antibodies produced by the immune system to attack TPO, an enzyme expressed in the thyroid gland, which initiates the synthesis of T4. Okay. And so that should be non-measurable less than 10. So she goes in, we get the full panel, comes back, antibodies are through the roof. Okay. So she has Hashimoto's. We have no idea because they didn't run the full panel and didn't give her, you know, extensive testing when they initially diagnosed her with hypothyroidism, right? And so if you're somebody out there, just remember to advocate for yourself. Um, If you've been diagnosed with hypothyroidism, rule out uh, Hashimoto's by making sure that they check your antibodies. You can also have uh, ultrasounds done. You can get scans done. And then I'm a really big advocate of test and retest. If you're on thyroid medication, check your dosing. So I'll share, you know, just very quickly recently. So this is back in 2014. That's the year that I went through a lot of my gut healing uh, protocols and did a lot of things to turn around leaky gut and food sensitivities and my um, IgA and IgG because my immune system was just like on alert all the time. So I was going back through all of this because we're trying to get pregnant again. And we went and saw a midwife a couple, uh, well, by this time, this airs like six, seven weeks ago. And she said, Hey, you know what? I want to get eyes on your thyroid first before we look at anything else. She's like, let's do this because my progesterone is, you know, fabulous. And we can, or we uh, got pregnant very quickly and easily the first time. So she's like, let's just check this. So my thyroid was over-medicated, suppressed, essentially. It looks like it's in, you know, overdrive. And so made the decision uh, to go off of that. We are getting eyes again on where am I at now? And the question that I will be, you know, uncovering here in a couple of weeks when I see uh, endocrinology is, where are my antibodies at now? Because I've done so much work on my gut, and your gut plays a huge role in supporting your thyroid. So your thyroid needs to have various vitamins and minerals to support itself to function the way that it should. Selenium, iodine, zinc—these are just a few things. And you know, then we look at like your B vitamins, vitamin A, vitamin E, all of these things. And so because I've done so much work on my gut, the question that I'm searching now is, do I even need this medication? Potentially I don't. Maybe my TPO antibodies have reversed, right? Maybe things have, you know, really corrected themselves. But I also want to say here, there's a genetic component. And this is for a lot of people. My mom had her thyroid removed. My sisters um, both have thyroid uh, issues. And so there is some genetic component here. But it's not ironic that my diagnosis came after a high stress time in my life, a period where I was chronically under eating and for a period of time overtraining. And so I say all that to say this, if you've been diagnosed, you've been given a prescription, there's still much more work to be done. Mm-hmm. The pill, the, you know, the script that they give you for armor or levothyroxine or Synthroid, one Yes, in certain situations will help you. 
And for some people, they definitely need it, especially if their TSH is like through the roof. I have a client right now. She's at like 15 TSH. I was like, holy moly, Mm -hmm. uh, you need to be, you know, on medication that's stronger than what she's on. And, you know, again, we're fighting with her uh, providers because it's only come down four points. That's unacceptable. Your TSH, you want it in an optimal range. You want to make sure that the dose that you are on is correct. You also want to make sure that the type of medication that you are on is what your body needs. Not everybody responds the same way. Think about this from a form of birth control, right? Some people do really well with the patch or the NuvaRing or Yaz or you know whatever uh, birth control that they're given, while others, it takes three or four times for them to figure out what they respond best to. Same with SSRIs, antidepressants, all of these things. So as we go into this, Please make sure that you are an advocate for yourself with your healthcare provider. And remember, if they are not supporting you and they are not listening to you, you can always fire them and hire a different doctor uh, to help you. Mm -hmm. And this is the other challenging thing. Like Liz was saying, for a lot of people, the medication does help. It does make people feel better. For a lot of people, it doesn't do a whole lot. And here's usually the reason. When we get put on a TSH medication like levothyroxine, Armour, what you're doing is you're influencing the thyroid stimulating hormone, that overall oversight hormone that basically goes downstream to produce other hormones. When you are only influencing that, if that is not the problem, you're not going to feel any different. So thyroid stimulating hormone then goes downstream, can produce T4, then can produce the more active form of T3. The conversion of T4 to T3 happens mainly in the liver and the gut. If your liver and your gut are not very healthy, if they are not functioning optimally, guess what's not going to happen? That extra TSH that you're getting from that medication is not going to do anything because it's not getting converted in the way that it needs to. This is why we want to look at a full thyroid panel and not just TSH because although that medication might be improving TSH, it might not be improving anything downstream that's actually affecting how you're feeling. So something else to keep in mind is like a lot of people go on medication and don't actually feel very different. They don't feel that much better. Hopefully you do. Hopefully you have better energy. Hopefully everything improves in terms of symptoms. But for a lot of people, it doesn't because because you don't change anything else. So mainly today, we want to kind of talk about the difference between these two. Um, so hypothyroidism and Hashimoto's are obviously two of the most common thyroid disorders. They both impact the thyroid and they do share a lot of symptoms and it makes it hard to distinguish between the two. But most people diagnosed with hypothyroidism are in fact suffering from Hashimoto's. I believe, what is it? We The percentage was like 80 to 90% of people with hypothyroidism suffer from Hashimoto's? It's pretty high. I think it's pretty high. I don't know if it's that high, but it's pretty high. Um, And although related to hypothyroidism, Hashimoto's is a different thyroid condition and requires different treatment. And this is the one frustrating thing, at least most doctors that we have, you know, heard conversations from clients of having is they don't want to test for TPO antibodies because the treatment is no different. And I'm hoping that that's starting to change because I think that, you know, new research has been developing around Hashimoto's to help kind of navigate, you know, key points surrounding how to best detect and treat thyroid disorders, but the treatment should be different. So hypothyroidism is essentially an underactive thyroid. So It is when the thyroid gland does not produce enough thyroid hormones and kind of the exact mechanisms that can cause this are somewhat unknown. But like I talked about, 
there's a lot of things. Typically, stress on the system causes the thyroid to create this situation. Um, so potential causes also include genetics, excessive iodine, pregnancy, like we mentioned. And I think in general, just like deficiencies are a huge one. Selenium, zinc, iron are big deficiencies that can drive it. Stress, um, too much cortisol, adrenaline, depression, certain medications. Um, so prednisone and other glucocorticoids um, and certain beta blockers can actually impair your thyroid function starving yourself, crash dieting, um, excessive exercise. I've seen a lot of people in the CrossFit community get hypothyroidism because it's, uh, they're not recovering enough for their body's output. Um, inflammation, chronic illnesses, um, oxidative stress, metabolic disorders, advanced age. A lot of times in menopause, you can develop hypothyroidism. So there's a lot of things that can kind of drive it, but symptoms tend to be fatigue, weight gain, constipation, puffy face, dry hair, thinning hair. Um, your eyebrows. The, the edges of your eyebrows in particular get really thin. Um, slowed heart rate, goiters, depression, decreased sweating. So you're not like sweating even though it's hot outside, heavy or irregular periods. So they may present similar to other medical conditions. That's the challenging part. A lot of thyroid conditions can or thyroid symptoms can also be like impaired blood sugar regulation. They can also be hormone situations in terms of like high androgen levels. There's a lot of things that can be mistaken for hypothyroidism, um, which is why run a comprehensive thyroid panel, like get full view. What are all the thyroid hormones and all the hormones in, you know, and the antibodies included in the thyroid function. Um, and typically the way to treat hypothyroidism synthetic thyroid supplement. So um, effectiveness, get this, effectiveness is debated. Even in cases where it does work, it's kind of a band-aid. Mm -hmm. So to truly overcome hypothyroidism, like we said, you must address the imbalances that caused your thyroid to underperform in the first place. Yes. And again, this is where we look at gut health, right? What is your ability or inability to break down, digest, and absorb the nutrients you're consuming. So we just you know, rattled off some minerals and vitamins here that are really important, but we also need to understand from a gut perspective, like we talk about low stomach acid all the time, right? If stomach acid is low and you are consuming a bunch of really great foods, but you're not able to break them down, digest, and absorb them, including the amino acids, then that is one issue, but there can be other issues uh, as well in terms of you know the state of the gut, and so that's why we like to do testing. Um, speaking of the lab work, so Becca just you know mentioned like get a full comprehensive thyroid panel. So what does that include before we start talking about uh, Hashimoto's? Well, first, yes, you're always going to see your TSH, right, your thyroid stimulating hormone. We, from a functional uh, perspective, like to see your TSH in the optimal range, which is 0.5 to two. Then you would want to see, you'll see your uh, total T4, total T3. Those are usually always on there, but you want to see your free hormones. So your free T4, the reference range here is 1.2 to 1.8 to be optimal. We like to see it on the higher end there. And then your free T3. And I can't tell you how many times <laughs> I've had to fight with my doctors because it's useless without free T3. This is your active thyroid hormone. And you also potentially want to see your reverse T3. Okay, but for the free T3, your reference range is three to four. And again, you want to be in that upper one third of that range. And then the other uh, TPO and TPG antibodies that we mentioned. Okay, so if this is something that you're struggling with, like reach out, you can reach out to us, we can chat with you, you can reach out to, um, you know, somebody on our staff and schedule a call, whatever that looks like. But if you're going in and you're experiencing a lot of these things, and the doctors aren't running full comprehensive panels, 
then you need to ask to see you know a specialist who will do so. Uh, so let's talk about Hashimoto's. So what's the difference here? So Hashimoto's is the autoimmune component. Um, this is an autoimmune disease where your immune system mistakenly attacks the thyroid gland. And over time, this attack destroys thyroid tissue and reduces thyroid hormone production, which leads to hypothyroidism. Okay, so very similar uh, symptoms here in terms of, uh, you know, the fatigue and weight gain, puffy face, you know, joint pain and things like that, um, the hair loss, slow heart rate, irregular uh, menstrual periods. But what we often see is that uh, people also have an enlarged thyroid, um, which is known as a goiter. So that's one of the first physical manifestations of Hashimoto's. That is not something that I had, but I do know many that have had that. Um, and so this is where they will also typically do a ultrasound uh, to see this on your or when they're doing uh, your lab work and you're meeting with the endocrinology. So it's understandable, right, that Hashimoto's is often confused and used interchangeably with hypothyroidism. But in reality, Hashi's is one of the causes of hypothyroidism. Okay, so when either of these conditions are suspected, this is where you want to see your uh, test and that full panel. Because again, and I can't say this enough, your doctors will diagnose you if you have an elevated TSH level with hypothyroidism. But that doesn't provide you the full picture. You need to see the full picture to rule out the autoimmune condition because your food intake is going to change. Your lifestyle probably is going to be a little bit different than somebody with just hypothyroidism. So for me, I found that my central nervous system could not keep up with the amount of high intensity training that I was doing. So I had to scale back and adjust my training volume to more strength training with some conditioning uh, sprinkled in. Now we're doing 75 hard. I've kept up pretty darn well with doing short conditionings three to four days a week. Sometimes it's a longer conditioning. But again, I attribute this to all of the work that I've done over the years to get to this place that I'm not having the reactions that I was previously. So being sore all the time, I'm very rarely sore. I don't have joint pain the way that I used to. So again, it's advocate for yourself and ask further questions. And if you are not getting symptom relief, from the medication, then you need to look further and potentially do some testing, uh, like the stool test. We use the GI map test to see what's going on in your gut because that plays a huge role with your thyroid hormones. Mm -hmm. And you might not have hypothyroidism, and but you could have Hashimoto's. That's the other thing. And, mm -hmm. and about 11% of people in the US without thyroid disease have anti-TPO antibodies. Um, it is a little bit confusing. And that's because there isn't like a straightforward relationship between the two diseases, which is important to understand. For example, TPO antibodies can be in a person's body without actually causing hypothyroidism. And again, a person can have hypothyroidism without having anti-TPO antibodies or Hashimoto's thyroiditis. Um, and so antibodies, like Liz was saying, are kind of, they're part of the immune system. Like we need antibodies. They're important. But unlike normal antibodies, the TPO antibodies essentially mistakenly attack your own body. That is what happens in terms of autoimmunity. Um, and in Hashimoto's disease, the antibodies are responsible for the immune system's attack on the thyroid, obviously. Um, so what triggers that attack that leads to hypothyroidism? Again, unclear. We talked about like there's theories about this, about different stressors. But the biggest thing that I would say, in my opinion, is kind of the difference maker between the two when it comes to diet and lifestyle. Like when you have autoimmunity, you need to be careful about what you are putting in your body that could also cause the attack on your body's systems. So for example, 
in gluten, the protein within gluten is very similar in the chemical structure as your thyroid hormone. And so I'm sorry, as your thyroid. And so your body mistakes it for what you are consuming. So when you're eating gluten, your body goes to attack that gluten, but because it looks so similar to the thyroid, it also attacks your thyroid. And so gluten is very unique in this sense that gluten in my opinion and in my experience needs to be 100% removed if you have some type of autoimmunity, especially if you have Hashimoto's. Um, It's just you are fueling the fire for the further attack on the thyroid and the deterioration of that tissue. Um, I also think that a lot of people could do very well removing most soy products, um, potentially dairy as well, depending on the person. It's just, they are creating further inflammation. And and unfortunately, a lot of people have asked this recently, even like gluten is a hundred percent or not. You are either completely removing it or you aren't. There, yeah. there's, there's no, there's no 90%. There's no mostly gluten-free. If you have Hashimoto's, if you have an autoimmune condition, it's a hundred percent removed. Yeah. And there's actually a lot of research to show a correlation. So for people who have existing autoimmune conditions, such as celiac disease, right? So they know that they cannot have gluten. They are more likely to develop Hashimoto's. And so again, if you're somebody who has celiac disease and you're like, okay, cool, well, that's, you know, out of my diet, you may want to keep tabs on your labs. I mean, I I can't say this enough. Get your lab work done at least annually, if not more than that. Kind of depends upon what you're dealing with. But we talk to clients all the time and they're like, I don't know, I haven't had my, you know, lab work done in like two, three, four years. And it's like, well, there's a lot of things that we want to see on that, (laughs) you know, uh, lab work. So just know that, you know, autoimmune conditions, once one is triggered, it you are more susceptible to having other conditions. So like even with my story, I think back to my first autoimmune condition when I was uh, very young, I was diagnosed with children's rheumatoid arthritis. I mean, at that time I was put on prednisone and methotrexate. I was told by the doctors that I basically wasn't ever going to play sports or go to like a normal school or be normal. Um, And I, for a period of time, couldn't walk. I couldn't write. I was uh, in so much pain. It was really crazy. Uh, And then fast forward 10, 12 years later, here's another diagnosis of Hashimoto's. And so again, there are some genetic components here, but nutritional interventions are definitely uh, very, very impactful for helping, you know, support your thyroid function. So I don't know. I, I don't know where you were, but I digress on my soapbox because I just get so fired up about this. It really upsets me that mm-hmm. so many people walk around. It's it's said that five out of a hundred people have Hashimoto's. I guarantee you only maybe one or two of those people know that they have mm-hmm. Hashimoto's. They think they have hypothyroidism and they're being treated for hypothyroidism, right? Yep. And again, people can make the case, well, the medication is the same, but the question becomes, one, is that medication correct for you? Is it really helping you uh, the way that it should be helping you? Or would you see a lot more relief if you treated this from an autoimmune you know, standpoint? And there are some functional doctors out there who basically say, if you have hypothyroidism, you should treat it as Hashimoto's and remove gluten and mm-hmm. you know, go through some gut healing protocols to make sure that you are supporting the good bacteria and your microbiome the best that you can because you are more susceptible to getting other autoimmune conditions. And how do we develop these things? Lifestyle, diet, pathogens, bacteria, toxins, all of these things play a role. Mm -hmm. So absolutely. And I think that the biggest thing that you have to look at is the medication that you get put on for either hypothyroidism or Hashimoto's is not your solution. It is a support. It can be 
something that you can use to help feel slightly better, you have to take into your own hands other things. You have to look at the lifestyle. Liz has essentially, we were talking about her blood work earlier, like Liz has essentially reversed her Hashimoto's almost to nothing. Like you will always be autoimmune once you have autoimmune conditions, once you have Hashimoto's and are diagnosed with that. Unfortunately, it's not something that can ever be cured. Mm -hmm. But there are so many people that live a thriving life with autoimmune conditions, with Hashimoto's that are able to do things like lift heavy and do high intensity and not feel broken the next day that are able to Liz obviously doesn't eat gluten really at all. But when she does, she doesn't get crippled by it. Like she has some symptoms. She has some pains. She obviously keeps it out of her diet pretty much all the time, except for rare occasions. But like she feels how she feels because she has taken control of other things. And that is the difference maker. You have to stay on top of supplements. You have to stay on top of food intake. You have to stay on top of workouts. And the one thing that I will say is, except to a point that you are different. It is, you can look at it as, woe is me. You can have a sob story about it. Or you can just say, my body is different. I need different things. I need different things to feel as good as the person next to me who maybe doesn't have to try as hard. You can be upset about that. You can be frustrated about that. Or you can just accept it because it is what it is. It is reality. I have realized, I think, over the past few years, I'm a realist. I think that's what I am. I'm a realist. I'm, it, it is or it isn't. It is or it isn't. Like In this situation, you either decide that, okay, this is my reality or you complain about your reality. Either way, it's your reality. You're very factual. Yes. Right? The facts are the facts. That's why we like to do a lot of research, um, you know, because research is also something that's ever evolving. And here's the thing. There are many worse diagnoses that you could have than being told that you need to get gluten out of your diet. Guys, like we see so much dysfunction with some of our clients. There's a lot that we can do and they get to a much better place, but there are many worse things than just having to remove gluten from your diet. So don't be a whiny baby about it. It's very easy to remove. Uh, somebody commented yesterday, I don't know if you guys have seen my uh, post about the carrots and bananas. And I said, don't listen to any clowns or bimbos that tell you. And I was like, I don't know. That's just how I feel. It is very uh, crazy that people will tell you uh, to remove carrots or bananas from your diet. But I'm just saying, you know, I like to to be honest and blunt. Don't be a whiny baby about the fact that you need to go gluten-free. It's very easy to do. There are many things that you can uh, get. And I tell you what, from 2014 to 2022, they've made some very great improvements with the taste of these gluten-free <laughs> products. Because I remember the first time I went gluten-free and I don't know what we tried to make. I think it was like a pizza or something. Of course, you're just like, oh, I don't want to lose my fun foods. Uh, it tasted like cardboard. It was mm-hmm. terrible. I threw it in the garbage. But... um. You know, the other thing, very quickly, I just want to touch on this. So we talked about iodine, selenium, zinc, iron. Do not supplement with these things on your own. No, no. You need to get good quality nutrients in your body from good quality foods. So here's where I've said this before and we'll say it again. Grass-fed animal proteins are one of the best sources that you can do. But you also need to make sure that your gut is in a place that you're absorbing those things. Liver is a very nutrient-dense food. So if you are, you know, somebody, and I'm going to be honest, I don't eat liver. I don't cook it at home. Uh, I've tried it once or twice. Just not really my jam. You can order uh, good quality beef liver capsules and take those as kind of like your multivitamin um, instead of wasting a bunch of money on these synthetic vitamins that are out there. So, you know, 
you got to look to your diet to support your body, but do not go on Amazon and be like, oh, Liz and Becca said selenium is important. There can be a lot of re... Adverse reactions to just taking oh these. My gosh, you guys! I I love one of my new clients. I love her to death. I won't mention her name on here, but um, she's actually an old friend, and she said that she convinced herself last year that she had uh, hypothyroidism and started taking selenium. She gained eight pounds mm-hmm. from the selenium alone. Well, you can actually get selenium. You can like get selenium toxicity. You can yeah. also get zinc toxicity. You can get iron toxicity. Like there's a lot of things, especially for the thyroid iodine. When people take, like, there's a lot of dangerous things you can supplement around the thyroid. And so, no, like, if you don't know what you're doing and you're just going off of GoogleDoctor.com or whatever it is, don't do it. Like, there's you, and if mo- if you eat a mostly whole foods diet, you're probably getting enough selenium. Mm-hmm. Like it's just you probably are. Go for Brazil nuts instead. Like don't supplement with selenium. And two um, two max a day, by the way. If you do get Brazil yes. nuts, two max per day. Here's the thing: do not DIY your health. If you want somebody to help you understand what nutritional deficiencies you could potentially have, or run some testing to help you really know the facts, click the link in the show notes. We're happy to chat. We're happy to help. Um, but I will just leave you guys with this because I know we're going to get questions after this. And I'll put this in the show notes too. Uh, for the beef liver, we like ancestral supplements. Um, and mm-hmm. so that's something that I feel confident that most people should take. And um, you know, again, use this as your multivitamin instead of the, what is it? Women's one a day, whatever garbage that's out there. Um, use this beef liver capsule as your multivitamin. Mm-hmm. So with that... Hopefully that answered some questions about the difference and what they are and why they happen and in turn what you do about it. Because I think that more and more people that we know. Yeah. And I I do think um, I did get this question on my Instagram a couple weeks ago that it'd be important to touch here just quickly on weight loss. You can lose weight if you have Hashimoto's. You can lose weight if you have hypothyroidism. You need the right plan in place. You need the right strategy. You need the right training program in place. All of these things come together as we call like a success triangle. You need to pair these things together. If you're DIYing your health on, you know, Dr. Google, and you're finding all these random supplements, you're one, wasting a bunch of time and money, and two, putting yourself at risk because you don't know that these things are correct for you. And what happens in turn is that creates stress on the body. The further that you stress your body, trying to overtrain, undereat, add supplements in that you can't digest because your gut uh, health is not in a good place, you're probably not going to see weight loss. You need to get the foundations of your health solid. And then weight loss is a byproduct of that. It was not until I got my gut health in check and I went through some extensive testing and protocols and that's why we do what we do. And the reason we coach the way we do is because I was not uh, super excited about the fact that I was handed a binder and said, I'll see you in 30 days. And then after that, I'll see you in 60 days. And so we coach our ladies the way that we do because we know that this journey is hard. You need support. You need somebody there that can answer your questions that you can talk to weekly, if not more frequently. And that's why we coach the way that we do because I really, I think that nutritional therapy is the missing key in our healthcare system. Functional medical doctors are fantastic, but they don't have the time to talk to you, you know, two, three times a week and answer your questions about, does this have gluten in it? You know, is this a good balance? Is this a good product? What else am I looking for in terms of, you know, things that can be inflammatory for me? And so 
you know, speaking from a perspective of that is what it took for me to get the 50 pounds off and I've maintained it and I feel great. I feel amazing more than I ever have in my whole entire life. And I'm currently not on any medications. I stopped my thyroid medication five weeks ago and I, f- I still feel good. So I'm not telling you to go off your medication either. Again, this is a, a decision I made with my doctors and uh, practitioners. And so we just want you to know that there is a way for you to get to where you want to be and lessen the burden on your body, but you need to fix the foundations and weight loss is a byproduct of that. Mm-hmm. So if you feel like you're doing it all, you're you know dieting, you're doing 1200 calories, maybe even less than that, you've increased your steps or you've increased your you know workouts and whatnot, and you're not seeing progress. I can tell you right now, your body is stressed and you need to you know, alleviate that stress, fix the foundations, absorb the nutrients that you're consuming and weight will start to drop off. So that's all we have for you guys today. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to The Food Code. If this episode resonated with you, please share, rate and review as this helps us reach others around the world. With that, thank you for listening. We'll be back soon. Love you guys.